Good morning. If you're wearing a mask and would like to remove it, you may do so at this time. You should be wearing a mask. <laughs> Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we have just sung about how beautiful was your Son and the love that you poured out through him for us. And Heavenly Father, we praise you for the love that you've shown for transforming our lives, for rescuing us. And Heavenly Father, we pray that we might be your tools, your instruments of peace in, in forwarding the love that you have made available so that others might also hear. Whenever we read your word, Lord, we pray that we will have eyes to see and ears to hear. We ask all of this in your son's name. Amen. These three circles represent our mission statement. Love God. Love others. Change the world. These three statements, they combine and they simplify the greatest commands with the Great Commission. Love people describes passing forward the love that God has shown to us. I want to remind us about something that Mark said about love. A couple of weeks ago, Mark said that showing love can be intimidating. He also said that showing love should be the natural way that we are living. Do you agree? I do. Let's take a closer look at forwarding God's transforming love. If someone were to ask us, you know, tell, tell me about God's love, God's transforming love. What would we say? Well, probably we would say that God sent his son to die for us so that we could be redeemed, we could be saved, and that would be a true answer. Something, though, might have escaped our attention. For God's love to successfully transform us, two things were necessary, action and explanation. God did not just act in sending his son, nor did God just explain that Jesus' death could save us. In fact, I would argue that one without the other would not constitute a love that saves and can transform us. Let me illustrate why we need God's love to both involve action as well as explanation. Let's suppose that you've got this very dear friend, someone that you just really, really care about, and you're wanting to bless this friend of yours in a fantastic way. And so you decide, because you know this person and what they need, you, you buy this thing, whatever it is. And it just so happens that this thing comes with a key. 
And so one day, you invite your friend to come to your house. And that key is lying on the kitchen table. And your friend comes in, and you both sit down at the kitchen table, and your friend looks at the key, and I'll tell you what goes through your friend's mind, if they even think at all <laughs> about it. They probably won't even notice the key. But if they do see the key, they're going to interpret it as someone in your house dropped the key on the table, and they're going to pick it up later. You see, that's not an accurate interpretation for your friend to have an accurate understanding of what that key means and what that key can do for them, you have to tell your friend, this is for you. And explain that you're giving them a gift. Without that explanation, that key remains on the table. Just a key to be overlooked. We must explain in order for there to be understanding. So let's go back to God's love for us. What's the story? God sent his son. And his, Jesus came and he died for us. And he was raised again. And this makes possible new life. And we have a future and a hope that we would not have without Christ. And it's wonderful. But God did more than just send his son. God also explained what Christ crucified means. And so remember Jesus' ministry? God, Jesus said that the Father had revealed to him a message that he was supposed to pass on. John chapter 7 and verse 16, Jesus explained, My teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. And so Jesus explained to us what kingdom living looks like and how we're supposed to live, but he also explained why he came and his death and what his death meant for us. And so, for example, we have Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus told us what his death does. His life is a ransom for us. Without that explanation, he's just another Jew who dies on a cross, killed by the Roman machine, and we don't know what it means. But Jesus explained. But not only that, God also provided apostles and prophets who taught us what the death of Jesus means for our lives. They preached, they wrote, and therefore, because God sought our well-being by acting and by explaining, it is this that has transformed us and why we're here today. Because we know what the death of Christ on that cross means for us. God explained it through his son and through his apostles and the prophets. And it has transformed us, and we're here today, and we've become God's people, and he has given us new life. And so part of our mission is to pass forward the love of God. And for us to pass forward the love of God to others is going to require two things. First, it requires us to serve. And so we forward, we use our forward button in passing forward God's love by serving others. And there are so many ways that we can seek the well-being of people. We have many organized opportunities. 
here at Mac. Um, this Saturday has been mentioned, there's going to be a, a clothing giveaway. And during this week, there will be people, volunteers, who are going to be organizing the clothes and sorting it and getting it all ready. And on Friday night, more volunteers are needed in order to set up a massive area where all these clothes are going to be laid out. And then some lucky volunteers get to stay up all night Friday <laughs> to make sure that everything is okay. And Saturday morning, volunteers will be here to attend to the clients who come and to show them care and love and, and make sure that these clothes are distributed. And then there's also this week, there's going to be dinners that are going to be made to give to hospital workers to bless them. And there's ways to serve next, the following week, trunk of treats. We can also participate in uh, Brad's 40 days of prayer. And we can serve the people of our country and our, our leaders by praying. We have so many different ways, organized ways to serve. But there's also informal ways that we can seek the well-being of people. Our neighbor is needing a hand. The co-worker, we can show love there. The stranger, we can love our enemy. The person who's trying to hurt us. And, secondly, if we are going to forward God's love at some point in time, God's people must speak. We must explain how God desires to transform people, providing them with a new future in Christ. And again, we have many organized ways in, in which we can do this. Uh, we've got online tools to help us. World Bible School also, we can use the online tool of the short video clips that are in uh, Methetus, as well as the Story of Redemption video clips. We've got printed tools that we can use to speak that word, the frontline brochures and the personal studies that are ready to go to sit down with someone and share Christ with them. We've got the mustard seed resources, but not only do we have formal ways and organized ways of, of sharing the story of Christ, but we've also got informal opportunities. That, that chat over some coffee with a friend, speaking a word to whom we're serving, and, and perhaps it might be, you know, the reason I'm doing this is because God is transforming lives, and I, I'm just a part of that passing forward his love and, and start to open that conversation. We can also work together in having the message of Christ proclaimed. And so, like our website has Matthew parties and describes how to do those, as well as we might invite someone, that friend, that worker, that, that one that we're serving, come and, and hear about God's word. But we must speak and for God's transforming love to make a difference in the lives of people, God's people must explain Christ crucified. We must explain that for any of us to receive God's gift, to trust in Jesus by being buried with him and then raised up with him into a new life that God's power has made possible. Transformation is only possible after someone hears about Christ crucified. Service is wonderful, but service alone leaves people unprepared for the end. 
Service can resolve a problem now. Service can make people comfortable. And it's how we can open the door and show love and begin to show people what God is doing. But service alone leaves people unprepared for the end. Unless the blood of Christ brings a person to God, that individual is still without God and without hope in this world. And so Paul reminds us of who we were and where we were at. He wrote, you were at that time separated from Christ, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, Paul can make us uncomfortable. He makes me uncomfortable. And he's going to ask questions that are pointed, that, that make me think. And so he's gonna, he wrote these questions. How are they to call on the one they have not believed in? And how are they to believe in the one they have not heard of? And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Does our mission statement involve changing the world? Where's the power to change the world? Paul described it in Romans chapter 1. He says, I am so eager to preach the gospel. And he explained, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is God's power for salvation for everyone who trusts him, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So passing forward God's love, God's transforming love to a world involves both serving as well as speaking. Well, what can help us use our forward button under the lordship of Jesus? Well, perhaps it might be helpful if we could get inside of Paul's head to understand what he understood that motivated him to love others in such a complete way that he might win some. In 2 Corinthians chapters 3 through 5, we can trace a thematic thread revealing what enabled Paul to fully loved people in both deed and word. Paul knew that there were some things that were true. And I'm going to go through these quickly. In chapter 3 and verse 11, Paul knew that Christ's ministry was glorious and it's permanent. God's not going to change anything. And, and what Christ's ministry has done for us is fantastic. And it's, it's something that's going to endure. We have it and it goes on. It doesn't end. Chapter 3, verse 12 Paul, because Paul knew this, it provided great boldness. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. This ministry of Christ brings freedom, and for those who are in Christ, they are being transformed into one new image. And it's beautiful. Now, here's the amazing thing that Paul also knew about Christ's ministry. God is not going to skywrite all of this good stuff in, uh, in, the sky, in the heavens. He doesn't boom it and speak from the heavens with thunderous voice. No, it, it's amazing what God has done. Chapter 4 and verse 7, Paul knew that God has entrusted this fantastic treasure, this glorious ministry of Christ, to clay 
jars. Brittle, weak clay jars. You drop it, it's broken. And Paul is talking about himself. He's talking about people. The treasure of what Christ brings is given and entrusted to weak clay jars. And there's a reason for this. I'll call it the Gideon reason. <laughs> you see, God wants it very clear that the power of transformation is not the presenter. It's in weakness that the person brings and presents Christ. And Paul knew he was weak. He's not the powerful one. And it's because that the power is in God and not the clay jar that God is going to be glorified. And so like God with, the, with Gideon's, you know, all the, those soldiers, too many, too many, too many. Okay, now we've got it, something that people are going to give glory to God because they know you didn't do it. <laughs> and this clay jar, we're weak. Do you feel weak? Do you feel incapable? Do you feel like, oh, I don't know. What did they say? That's us, clay jars. And God is glorified through that because it's evident it's not us. And he went on to write in chapter 4, verse 13, that in spite of the weakness, because we believe, we speak. And we believe that God, because God has raised Jesus from the dead, we, we know what he's already done. He's going to raise us with Christ and with others. And so we can look forward to a glorious future, being with the Lord, having confidence. It's glorious, it's great. But there's something that's really sad, and it's motivating Paul. That's not everyone's future. Paul knew, chapter 5, verse 10, all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And because of this, Paul wrote, 511, we tried to persuade people. And Paul described that motivation in trying to persuade people. He says, it is Christ's love for us. You see, Christ died for all people. Christ died for that cantankerous co-worker. Christ died for that impatient person who cut you off <laughs> as you're driving. God, Christ died for that kind, generous person next door who will do anything for you, but who has not been buried with Christ and raised again. Christ died for all. Christ loves all. And Paul knows that. And since Paul knows that God has loved all people, it's this love of Christ that is compelling him to do what he can so that by all means some will be one. And so all people need to come to rely upon Christ and to live for him who died for them if they're going to avoid their hopeless situation. So listen to what Paul knew as he's winding up this section of uh, 2 Corinthians. And all of these things, this glorious ministry, the, the truth about the judgment, uh, the, the, all of this stuff, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, 
not counting people's trespasses against them. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his plea through us. We plead with you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Several weeks ago, Mark accurately noted, showing love can be intimidating. He also pointed out, showing love should be the natural way we're living. To pass forward God's transforming love by loving people in order to seek to change the world, it's going to require two things. It's going to require us to forward God's love by serving. Serving in a whole variety of ways. It's going to require us to, to hit our forward button so we can forward God's love by speaking. And we can work together in that. You know, an, an atheist can serve others and do good. There's a difference, though, between us and the atheist. We are living out of the character God desires for us. Our lives are to be shaped by whose we are. And there's a second thing that's different. We explain that because of Christ crucified, God's power has transformed us. It's making us to grow more into the image of Christ. And God wants this for all people. We explain this. And we do good and we proclaim Christ. You know, this week we have a challenge. It's a baby step. Explain what your favorite verse means to you. That might be Psalm, 23rd Psalm, first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Whatever your favorite verse is, you know it, you know why you love it. Tell a friend. Tell someone what this verse means to you. Just open that little conversation. Don't know where it'll go. But the challenge this week is to explain your favorite verse. You know what that is and why you love it. Explain it to a friend. A baby step in speaking. Let's forward God's transforming love. It's incredible. God wanted to use weakness, clay jars, to do the most important thing of all. If you've taken your mask off, you please return it. We're going to stand and sing. And let's praise God.